When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. I, I mean, he works extremely hard. You know, if, if you're not, as they say, swimming at this point, um, then they're probably not expecting much out of you. And it's always better to be swimming than drowning. He's doing everything he can to learn this playbook, and that's what you want as a player when you come into this league. You don't want to just kind of be pushed off to the side and brought along slowly. Uh, any guy that is competitive will want to be thrown in the fire and, and compete. Real quick, what's the word that you guys say wrong knowingly, but you just realize you say it and that's how you say it? Because drowning, not drowning, for Kyle Rudolph there, My- some words are debatable. Like um, caramel, caramel, no one knows what's right. But I think, I think the people who say "aunt" as opposed to "ant" are mine. correct. That was mine. And I just I can't do it. That's like my aunt. I'm not going to say "aunt," but a u n t is totally not "ant." <laughs> Ancillary. My dad's like called me after I've been on TV saying "ancillary." <laughs> He's like, "That's not right." Call it say it correctly, which is kind of a weird thing. Cause I don't think anybody says "ant." Ancillary. You say ancillary? I've said it like that like three or four times, and he's caught me for it. He's like, you need to pronounce the English language correctly. I'm like, okay. You're fair point. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> this sounds like a deep-seated thing, but tell us more. <laughs> Do you want to talk more no, about your relationship with your dad before there's, we get into the preseason? And also, Courtney. <laughs> I mean, it is obvious when you were five. <laughs> it's not that important. It's no, it's really not. It's just, that's the only word that I can think of off the top of my head that I don't pronounce correctly from time to time. Okay. Oh, wait. Here's another one. Because I didn't know how it was initially, and I listened to a, a joke, Jeff Badette, I've called it Jeff Badet. <laughs> oh, but that's, yeah. But who I cares? can totally see that one. T- catch a ball first. Yeah. That Be- was my thing. Because people would send me tweets, and I was like, well, it is a joke, because it was Jeff Bad at football. Like... Bad at football. Get it, Jeff? Yeah. Bad, bad okay, at football. Now, okay. So that was the. And I had heard that, and because yeah. I'm such an impressionable, I'm in like my you know prime years of building brain cells and things like that. I would pick it up and be like, "Oh, but, Jeff, bad at." And I'm like, "Crap, but, it's Badette. But I was doing that on purpose bad because he hadn't football. done anything. So yeah, that is so common. He did it. It's that is so common. I don't even know if that's funny and or not, I, but it's I, so you. And I got a okay, so I got a bunch of tweets out of it. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, but then he made a great catch in the night practice, and he was number three on the depth chart or whatever, like number five or six, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, but number three in one of the receiver positions, and I thought, okay, I better start saying it right. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that you took that. I mean, you wouldn't have been asked too many times about Jeff Bidette, have you? 
Like, how many situations has this ever gotten you in I've, trouble? I, no, it's never gotten me in trouble, but I've brought it up. Um, I mean, I've said I've pronounced it incorrectly, just ignorantly, uh, kind of recent, <laughs> recently because we're talking about you know the receiver depth, and he's in the mix. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about Byside Johnson soon as uh, as well. They here. got some tough names. Yeah, this roster's got about five. <laughs> What's the toughest? Would you say? Oh, it's a, it's, a fa- it's a it's a Fadio Denebo is the toughest when you look Fadio at to Denebo. figure out how it's said. Yeah. Um, oh, the, uh, Ryan the, comes back with some people say Washington or Washington. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard that. That's yeah, awful. As opposed to Wash East Coasters, right? Those people should be pushed off a cliff. There are some people wow. who say that's way too aggressive. <laughs> well, no, 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 football, football season is on, right? When she's being that aggressive, yeah. Uh, the off season Moody. is over. <laughs> I didn't, like I didn't say that. You did. <laughs> you were thinking it. Um, I just finishing your sentence for you. Stop being so emotional right this. Uh, all right, so uh, let's talk about I made a list, and I wrote it down, and I posted it at scorenorth.com so people can read it, but we'll go over it, of the players that are the most interesting tonight um, to watch between the Vikings and the Saints, and Judd is going to be on um, vet line after the show. So I did have Jeff Bidette on the list <laughs> as one of the guys. Now I'm just having to figure it out on the fly. Um I have Irv Smith at the top of my list for number one player you want to see. I would put Garrett Bradbury, but it's like it's very difficult without the all twenty two. Also, yeah. when when you don't have the coach's film, you're looking on TV trying to figure out if he got his hips all the way around. Is he the sweating at this point or no? Is he what going to sweat yeah, at the, this point? There are it's the, an indoor. The it's a dome. It'll be air conditioned. He'll be fine. Sean O'Hara did an entire breakdown. Oh my god! Of the fact that he had when when he was playing for the Giants this problem. And Eli finally said, the key is, I need you to change your pants at halftime. I'm not not joking. The equipment guy would go in at halftime. They couldn't take his shoes off because his yeah, ankles were all spatted up, right? The equipment guy would go in with him at halftime, help him remove his pants, put on a new pair of pants, and that's how they got around the sweating problem. Like, this has now turned into oh a mainstream goodness. big story. I don't like that. So that makes me very uncomfortable. The thought of somebody helping a grown, sweaty man out—you know, I talk about I'm like okay tight, tight jeans. Like it takes you—you're like jumping into them. It takes you like ten minutes to I've get heard. into. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you have never had that issue, Sean. I've um, heard. But um, I just wear a belt. I make sure they fit. It just doesn't make like it. Just that makes me uncomfortable. Ew! Like, can you imagine being like no. paid to do that? No, because you're pulling down the person's. Pants over yes, there, over and I shoes. gotta imagine that things probably come down that you don't want you could, to come down. You would down. get a staph infection from the sweat that would touch you. Okay, we need to move on. I'm really getting grossed out. I mean, we're in the locker room all the time, and there are certain players who don't like to be overly clothed during that time. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm sure the equipment guy has seen it all before. It's He's like just gotta do his job. You gotta make sacrifices for your job, Courtney. Alright, so this started with Irv Smith. Uh, or I'd like to see Irv Smith play football. He's my number one. Is that your number one for tonight, Judd? Um... Yes, I'm curious there. Now, what I don't know, though, is is he going to play with the first team then and, as a result, not play much? I think like, he's going to play more than you'd expect. Because, like, yeah, that's a good one. And I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see in basic concepts, how comfortable he looks. Because if he doesn't look comfortable tonight, you're probably in some trouble, right? If he does, it's a good first step. I think you're in a little bit of trouble, but only a lot if Kyle Rudolph were to get hurt. 
because what Mike Zimmer said with Irv Smith is that they're going to pare it down. They're going to make sure that when they send him out there for 30 snaps week one or something like that, that he knows exactly what he's doing. Like right now, they're installing the whole offense with him. Mm-hmm. But the things that he doesn't do well in practice, they're not just going to run out there in the game and say, uh, go do it anyway. Um, they're not going to let him drown. Uh, they're going to try and just do what he's good at. I'm sorry, what again? drown with Duh. an N. There's no D in drown. Well, anyway, it's a pared-down playbook to begin with. And right. to your question, like how, how much is he going to play? Because he will be part of the quote-unquote first-team offense in real-life football. He will be a starter. Um, I think you let him play the whole first half. Ooh. Because you need to see what you have with him. I mean, if you want Kyle Rudolph, I don't know if he's going to play because he did have that sleeve on his leg the other day. Um, and Mike Zimmer said it was a minor thing, and I guess he came back to practice, but he just hasn't been doing much. There's, there's no, there's no need to like. There's just absolutely no need to like have him out there. But with Irv Smith and all he's being asked to do, like I talked to him about this on Thursday, whatever day it was, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, how, how excited are you just to kind of, or how eager, anxious, whatever adjective you want to use, just about like putting it all together? Putting the inline blocking together with having your hand in the in the three you know in a, in the dirt in a three point stance, being an H back, being lined up out wide, like is how much of a of a variety of Irv Smith are we going to see today? Um, that to me is, I think, the biggest thing that you can possibly take away from this. Just if you're talking about actual potential starters for the season, and then you know, because the offensive line, yes, we all want to know: do they gel? Do they look good? Well, they looked really good on that first drive last year, where Kirk went what three or three or four for four for mm-hmm. the touchdown with Diggs, and and then we saw what happened. So you cannot base the offense. You need more. You need a much bigger sample size than one preseason and real game. schemes too. Yeah, I mean, because they're just going to rush. Yeah, and, basic. Formats. And that's what we were talking about when Myron was on, because um, we talked about Irv Smith. Um, I want to see an Alexander Madison touchdown because I'm on a look at run blocking. I want to see is Pat Elfline getting pushed around? Is, um, you know, how does the interior play? I mean, you're not going to be able to tell too much with Garrett Bradbury unless there's a false start, unless there's a botched snap, unless whatever happens. But give me a basic concept so I can say, okay, that checks the box of what I was looking at tonight. Just a simple thing because it's a pared down. I mean, when did they even start prepping for New Orleans? Because, like, the way Mike Zimmer made it sounds like, yeah, like, we're just going to go out there and you, like, grip it and rip it. Like, um, it didn't seem like there was a whole ton of prep for this game. I think there are two different games tonight. One is the first team offense and first team defense game where you are just no one get hurt. Practice a couple things that you want to practice. See how they look on tape. See if everybody gets their technique right. If everybody lines up right with Irv Smith, maybe he plays into the second team, and that's the second game where all of a sudden it gets competitive. When you get Sean Mannion out there, he's playing for a job. You got a bunch of receivers who are playing for a job. Bedette and BC Johnson are my two on the must see list because I think those guys have a leg oh, yeah. up, and Zilstra is kind of trying to defend his spot on the roster that he had for all of last year, but only catches one ball, and then everything starts to get really competitive when you get to that second and third quarter. How much will we see Jake Browning, if at all, tonight? And there's a lot more questions we have about guys like Hercules Mata'afa. How does it look in a real game? And then they'll be playing. So I'm almost kind of sitting like, all right, get off the field, Kirk. You know, like just make sure that you didn't twist an ankle or anything. Just get everybody in the offensive line healthy and off the field, and then we can start 
seeing what these competitions for jobs really look like. These games right now are not for first team offense speculation about it. I mean, yes, body of work, you want the you want the first team offense to give you some semblance of comfortability by the time the preseason's over. But this is for backup jobs. Like this is a chance to talk about Jeff Bidette coming off of that really, you know, I wouldn't say it's intriguing, but it was a nice performance in the night scrimmage, night practice last week and BC Johnson getting first team reps last week. I mean, that you might think, oh, it's just a worthless night practice. It doesn't mean anything. That means something. Him being on the depth chart as a returner when in years past, I know Mike Zimmer says that we're looking at them as receivers first, and of course they are, but Brandon Zelstra, Laquan Treadle, half the reason Laquan's still on that team other than the cap implications is because he was a gunner and because that's one thing he could do pretty well on special teams. And Zilstra, the same thing with, um, which, I mean, obviously his special teams, it, it took him a lot longer to come along, but that helped him. So I want to see which guys are on return teams. And it, it, Matt's, Matt's right. It's very, very hard without the all-22s. You're, like, stopping the TV and being like, all right, who's on punt return? <laughs> like, count them. Um, it's, it's really tough. Question. How uh, how potentially concerned, if at all, should we be about the punt return job? Because that's a job that just Cheryl's was really good at. Just catch the ball, right? But but that sounds simple, and some guys are good, and some guys aren't. Like that's one where you can screw up badly, mm-hmm. and it can it can submarine you quickly. Um, so I believe there's a coach, high school coach, uh-huh. that never returns punts. Like they always fair catch it, Bobby. Way be- back in the be- day here, yeah. because you can either commit a penalty or a fumble, yep. and it happens way too often when you're trying to get a return. And how often do you get punt returns for touchdowns these days? I mean, even Marcus Sherrill's was one of the best. He is legit one of the best to ever punt return. He has a higher punt return average than Deion Sanders, and the guy scored what three or four touchdowns in his career. I mean, over an entire career of punt returning, it almost never happens unless you are Devin Hester, and there aren't any of those anymore. So uh, I think as long as they catch it, I don't care. Just throw back the best guy who can catch it and not fumble, and don't hold or block in the back, and you have successfully done a punt return. So um, I would trust Amir Abdullah as a veteran player who has been around a little bit. And he did this. This is what kind of made him break out onto the scene early on in his career in in Detroit. He did the kick return. Kick return. I think he hasn't done the punt returning, but he looks competent at it. I gave Marwan Malouf that idea. I'd like to say that. Because I remember asking about it during like OTAs or minicamp. I was like, have you ever considered him for punt return? He's like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's, you know, obviously he's really good as a kick returner, blah, 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 blah. And he's Marwan like, well, just cons- takes off cons- running back to the office. I've got to get tape on this. Well, this is like your Holton Hill <laughs> moment last year. Yeah. So we can both. you two, you're like coordinators. <laughs> We're, yeah. Junior coordinators. When Prefer left, they should have considered. Like, you're going us. to a Perkins restaurant. Hey, you're two junior coordinators. Maybe, maybe I could have been a quality control coach or something. For you could still teams. be one if you wanted. Uh, I could, yeah. Those jobs are available, man. They pay nothing, but they're available. So um, the wide receivers, okay. the backup wide receivers, how would you, Courtney, rank who you want to see tonight? Just who you're most interested in from all the receivers that are not named Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, or Chad Beebe, who to me is just locked, locked in into at this the three point. spot. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go off memory here, I'm trying to think of all, that'd be all eight I have of the them. depth chart right here on my computer. I'll hand it to Thank you. Thank you. Well, I know that my number one is definitely B.C. Johnson. Um, I you think could that, type it in yourself. That's but fine, but better. I just like to hold this and say hi to the live stream. Um, so my number one's B.C. Johnson, seventh round pick. We, You and I have both talked about Dylan Mitchell and B.C. and kind of like, are both of them going to make the team? Is one going to the team, one going to the practice squad? Um 
I think that there's some intrigue there. He's, you know, when you when you hear Mike Zimmer talking about guys and when he will purposely mention certain guys, he mentioned BC, he mentioned Dylan Mitchell, and he mentioned Alexander Hollins, who kind of came out of nowhere last week. Yeah. Um, so those are guys that I think that have a chance tonight. And it's like next time the depth chart comes out, are they going to be higher? So yeah, I'll give you your computer back. Thank you. Um, you got so- very nervous. You see that? You started like, being like oh, okay, now okay. give my computer back. That's enough. Give my computer back. So he's my number one. I'd say behind that, Bedette, because I want to see, can this train keep going? Are injuries, you know, is he going to pull up and pull a hamstring? Or is he just a speed guy? Because when we talked to him after that night practice last week, that was the one thing. He said, I want to show I'm more than just a speed guy. I'm not yep. just a 4-4-4-3 four, 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 guy. Which every speed guy says. Yes. Um, I'm sure <laughs> if you talk to Aldrick Robinson, he would tell you, yep. because you're his best yep. friend, uh, the same I thing. I loved Aldrick. So. Aldrick almost approached Tom Johnson category All your friends year. are gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine that too. always happens. I, I Who was flo- yours? Uh, Latavius Murray. Oh, that's right. I would have flown in New but Orleans. He was legit. Just, uh, yeah, he was the best. Well, Tom Johnson was too. I shouldn't say. Yeah, Tom was Tom. great. There's a chance he comes back, though. We will give it till week three of the regular season. Anyways, back to my receivers. Um, so I'll go. I'll go. BC Johnson, Dylan Mitchell, because I'm just. I see him in practice. He looks really good. He doesn't have a lot of drops. Johnson does have a couple drops. And you're kind of just like, come on, man. You ran the right route. It was. It was. You know. You're beautiful in getting separation. Catch the ball. But I want to see those two. And where I said, you know, Bedette's in the mix there, too. The one that I haven't seen that I am really curious about is Davion Davis. Like, he made such, everybody's making such a big deal of him in the pre, in like mini camp and OTAs because he had like one or two good days. Hasn't really done much here. And I'm not sold on Jordan Taylor. I'm over it. I, I you know, I'm over it. Like, I just, I. Why? I feel the same way about Because I'm just bored. I'm bored of this. Hasn't done anything. I know he is coming off the hip injury. I do understand that. And and that's in the surgery and all that. But I'm looking at this thinking, you're 6'5". The next tallest dude's like barely 6'3 on a good day. Maybe 6'3 in cleats. Um, Why are you a... you're, You're the outside receiver who can't get separation. Help me here. What is the point of having you around? Can we name five receivers ever who have been great at six foot five or taller? Calvin Johnson. Wide receivers? Not, I mean, very, it's, yeah, it's, not that many. It's very rare. What, what's what's the average height? 6'3"? 6'3 to 6'4". I don't think it's that tall. I'd probably say it's about 6'6 six, six or 6'1 for a wide receiver. I don't it's think it's 6'3". 6'1", you're almost... 6'3 is big. Yeah, but like 6'3", Latavius Murray is 6'3", to bring him up again. Yeah. Like So there are a lot of guys that look like that. For for wide receivers, six, five. I, I wouldn't say that six five six, is three an anomaly is and more tight end. But it's just yes, and I mean, but he's he's so lanky and skinny, and you right. just he doesn't look like a football player. But I am curious. Okay, he's a Denver guy, so Gary Kubiak clearly must have had something here, like to bring him in and yep. influence. Like, but why? Like, what? That's that's just one where you know when Mike Zimmer's talking about guys running the wrong routes, guys lining up in the wrong places. He's a veteran, and he was doing some of those things. It wasn't just the rookies that were doing that. Hmm. It was it was. Jordan Taylor as well. I think it's really hard to get open when you're 6'5". There's just so many arms and legs everywhere, and it's hard to be that quick. Well, actually, Terrence Newman explained this to me once. All right. He, he said that the smaller guys like Stefan Diggs, who's not particularly large, he's probably 5'11". Um, and he's a slight person. His, yeah, he's right. He's, he's not just a like Jack. And he said that the feet are so quick when you don't have really long limbs. The feet are so quick that you can break down a route just like that. And that's really hard for a cornerback. He said when, and this would go for someone like Chad Beebe too, when a guy is taller, when he's 6'2", 6'3", or more, 
then you can usually spot it. Like when he's trying to slow himself down, mm-hmm. there's like a lot more has to happen there. So you can anticipate. And I think even in the video that Xavier Rhodes did with uh, Brian Baldinger, where he was breaking down, stopping Mike Evans, he was showing like you could see Mike Evans is six five and he's fantastic, but you could even see when he's going to break out of his route because he just has a lot more to slow down there. And if you're Jordan Taylor, you're not at anywhere close to the Mike Evans, Kelvin Johnson, Randy Moss type of right. six four, six five range. So I think he's going to have a really tough time. But I'm with you. I'm not interested really in, in seeing over, too I'm much of him. Over it at this Dil- point. Dylan Mitchell for me, I didn't put him on the list, but he probably should be um, because just a great athlete with mm-hmm. huge production at Oregon. And it was always, can he really like master the route running? And then Zimmer makes a comment about the lazy route running. And it's like, okay, well, are you going to actually be able to Some do habits that? Habits is what yeah, he habits, said. With his, habits yes. with his route running. NFL, Dot com, I believe, called it lazy. Um, let me let me run through some of these other names, and then we could talk about some other stuff. Uh, I've got Jalen Holmes on this. Like, is this guy a player or not? I mean, I I think we're going to start to figure that out. And if he's not, then they better be looking for the waiver wire defensive tackles because sure. I don't believe Mata Afa is going to be a thing. And Hold on a second, thought Zim loved him. It's a classic. Up and down. Don't, he do said not, he was up and down. Do not take the bait. Do not take the OTA and mini camp bait. I thought Zim said, well, don't do it. All right, whatever. They always do it. I just, I don't, I hate to be this person, but it's like when I look at undersized converted, you know, converted linemen where you're, where you're moving around, I just don't know if you can play, truly effectively play a lot at that position at his size. I know that, you know, for an, interior, so. for an interior pass rush, I mean, you don't need to be Shamar Stefan, who's huge and a great run stopper, but you also, like, to me, Go go be in a three four somewhere. Sure. You, you'd be much better as an outside rushing outside linebacker. Sorry, XFL. I think. Okay. I mean, in all honesty, like do we'll, they run? Do they we'll run see. like actual defenses we'll in the XFL? I have well, no they, idea. Oh, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Be serious stuff. Yeah. I, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not trying to. But you know what? That's fine. Degrade your. Um, your Mr. Mankato pick. That's fine. Until he's actually played I actually ball. Picked, I, I picked from, one that was actually, you know, um, yeah, had a, had a chance. Start. Like, it wasn't like... yours you know, was so inspired. You took the obvious guy that Zimmer brings up at minicamp and then act like I'm crazy for no, picking Alexander Madison. The, the obvious, it could be considered an obvious one, but another one would be Mitchell or Johnson. He mentioned both of them. Right. I don't think my pick was bad at all. Can I give, give, can I give <laughs> both you of don't. you guys... A receiver thing for tonight yes. and all the exhibition games that I, I think might be the most important thing. BB staying healthy. Yes, because he's going to oh, sure. he's going to yeah. play. Sure. Like they're not going to be like, oh, you're fragile. In Push fact, they'll ice. probably test him on purpose. So let's not see him pull a hamstring or do something else. Because I'm curious. Because he does have a habit of when he gets the chance to play of getting hurt. Yeah, Mike's not wrong there. No, he's right. I mean, that's his biggest hurdle. Like. This is a clear-cut number three receiver because, you know, if you're going to rely on Thielen and Diggs to play more outside, I mean, BB's a great slot threat on third down. But can he stay healthy all that time? I mean, when Mike Zimmer's talking about how good he is because of his speed coming in, he doesn't slow down. Like when he's like coming in out of his breaks, well, what happens if you pull up and you have a you pull your hamstring? Like, I, I can't imagine how frustrating that has to be for somebody like him. And this has bothered him his entire career. And you don't, you kind of don't have history on your side here helping you, but you know, you hope for his case that he's able to stay healthy because here's the thing with this receiver group. There's so many unproven assets here that if the bottom tier is not very good, that pushes Laquan Treadwell on into a roster spot. And that's just a waste at this point. 
Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back, continue going down the list of the most intriguing players for tonight's Vikings and Saints matchup. And I have one on the list that is just going to bring joy to our friend Judd Zolgad. We'll be right back here on Purple Daily on Score North. I just feel like I'm a, a big mismatch on the field. Okay. Um, I, I mean, they have me moving all over the place. Uh, if I'm, you know, my hand in the dirt, out, out wide in the slot. So I feel like just being able to, to move around and be a mismatch on the field is something that, you know, I can definitely bring to the table. All right, back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, and Courtney Cronin. The world is talking about Antonio Brown. And um, I love I'm loving this thread right now from Michael Silver. <laughs> Adam Schefter insanity. has tweeted out that Brown says if he can't be allowed to play with his helmet that he likes a lot, um, a real lot, then he's not going to play football again. Uh, I guess his helmet um, is outdated and yes. it can't be reinstated or whatever it might be. So he's just not going to be allowed to wear it. And he says that he's just not going to play. Um, it's perceived as being too dangerous, correct? I'm and, just confused. What's the, like? What? What's so good about the new helmet? Does it have like? Remember when college football they used to put the sensors in? Yeah. Like, is does it have that now? Can someone explain to me about these new helmets? They're probably. I'm too busy like looking at like formations to like worry about helmets. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 probably help prevent concussions. And Antonio Brown probably wears a helmet that doesn't. And is it just like less comfortable? Like. Yeah, what probably. You, wouldn't you think a, a helmet that prevents concussions would be like cushy and like have like padding and We're stuff? We're talking about Antonio Brown here, though. So, like, I don't think it's supposed to make sense. I don't know. Just figure it out. Get the man a helmet and get him out there. I mean, right? You know, I, I could throw be tantrums, to too. They've got to be able to figure if this out. If you're the out, Raiders, right? could you call the, the league and say, and say he is going to violate the rule? I know that we will be fined. That's fine. Just send us the suspension or, or the uh, fine right now and we'll just pay it. It's, sure. a, it's a total yeah. you already distraction. Paid, you already paid like $28 million Correct. a year or something so, for them. So, so let's say they fine sure. you uh, $500,000 for the entire year because he wears a a non-protective gear or something it's yeah. called sure. by the league. Just Could pay. you just be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, just pay. <laughs> One thing I got to read about this tweet is that like, okay, so apparently he took the new helmet. There was from Michael Silver. I'm reading this now. Um, he went, he was at the team facility in Alameda, acted like nothing happened, took the new helmet, whatever. Tweet number 13. However, sometime in the next couple of weeks, Brown once again tried to take the field with his old helmet, which he had since repainted with colors <laughs> approximating, but not completely mimicking the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, like, can you just imagine somebody with like well, a Jake Pirate and you painted yourself? Hey, that's not the Raiders helmet. logo. Hey, listen, um, we don't need forget. you to attempt to draw an Oakland Raiders logo right Oh, I'll now. happily do it. She's go. got a I'm chance. I'm giving you a pen. Don't forget, a though, shot. this is a man who showed up at training camp having suffered frostbite to his feet because he didn't wear the proper, what, shoes or socks? You have, you have to wear socks to wear. and you have to wear like, these like cushy shoes okay. into um, but the I cryotherapy mean, chamber. Take in your freezer booties. Just think about that story. He yeah, showed up with his feet basically peeling off, the skin peeling off. This is going real sideways um, <laughs> for Antonio Brown. But you know what? Still take him. Still you're, take him. you're crazy at no, this point. I, I, think so. you're, I think you're as crazy as he is if like, you take him. You know, there have never been any other receivers who have caused distractions to their football teams, I don't think. I, I think know, he's the first. But this guy's telling them he's prepared to retire if he can't get his helmet. That's like, I'm taking my ball and going home. Yes. I'm a three-year-old. 
Good Lord. Randy Moss didn't approach this. He could be a pain in the ass, but he didn't approach this. Yeah, this is, uh, it's gotten very strange. But again, somebody figure it out, and okay. I'll take them. If you, if you could do it today, and, and you are in charge of the Vikings, what do you call o- Oakland and say, I know it's gone bad there. Give them to us. What would you give them? So what are you I offering? Mean, at this point, you'd have to give them not a whole lot, right? Because everything has gone absolutely bat bleep right. crazy. But I'm just him. saying. But. Second round fifth, pick, third round third, pick, maybe third. Yeah, give him a third. Like here's, <laughs> the, here's the thing: what are the chances that the Vikings win the Super Bowl? I, I can call this up for you. It's like five percent, right? Okay. okay, all right, good. This is not bad. Can I see it? Um, yeah, there you go. Courtney drawing the Raiders logo. <laughs> tweet that out. Uh, it's okay. So, so what would? Thank you. Here, here's my logic. I'm an artist. All, all, the Looks whole, like a touchdown by the Raiders guy. The logic the whole so, time. I'll tweet this out for me arguing for Antonio Brown to the Vikings earlier this offseason was this, that offense wins. You have a quarterback who is a third tier per all the executives and coaches that Mike Sando interviewed. They found him to be a third tier quarterback. So let's stick with that. Okay. You have an offensive line that's just okay. It's good, not great. And you have a running back with a lot of talent. You have a tight end with a lot of talent. But those players are not good enough to take you over the top to be in the category of the Los Angeles Rams or the Kansas City Chiefs, anybody like that. Offenses, if we assume that offense is going to win, then I'm willing to take any risk possible to get myself in the conversation of being a top five offense with a third tier quarterback, even if it means bringing in a lunatic. Okay. Aren't you worried about like literally you, you, the whole first hour we were talking about how Kirk and the chemistry and just how his personality could potentially tear apart a locker room that we should just accept that he's going to be quirky and all this other nonsense. You really want to bring something like that in? Like, how do you think that these dudes? How do you think these dudes in Napa right now are like reacting to this? They already have hard knocks there. Tell me that's not a distraction enough. This crap is happening. You really want to bring this to your locker room? Yes, I know you think it'll translate to wins, but can the quarterback? I mean, do you really think that Kirk Cousins would be a better quarterback for Antonio Brown than Derek Carr? I, I mean, I don't think um, that I care. Like, I, I think that if. I've got a much better chance to win or it's going to blow up my face. I take it. I, I do this with all sports, with all situations. Would I trade a bunch of stuff to have gotten Marcus Stroman or Zach Grinky or Madison Bumgarner or whatever other pitcher was out there for the Twins? I would because you don't get too many chances to actually win. This is not a team in the Vikings that it has a 10-year plan right now. It's a team that has their quarterback on a three-year deal. It's year two. You have a great defense. I'm definitely willing to do crazy stuff to try and make it go over the top. If it were to work out, and remember, Antonio Brown was not trash last year. He was a lunatic last year as well, but he was fantastic. No, he's he's one play- of the best receivers I'm not saying he's not a good player, I'm not, but I can't do this one. Like, come on. This is, at some point, this is a circus that you just need to avoid. And I'm not, like, he'll show up. Here's the thing. It's all this unnecessary nonsense of players trying to stake their claim and take back some power in a league that really makes them powerless. So I understand kind of where he's coming from here. In the NBA, you do whatever you want. You wear the shoes you want. You do whatever you yeah, want. You tell them what you tell them what you're going to do. Yep. Um, so I do understand it and I respect it from that point of kind of standing up to the man. Because you think Aaron Rodgers is wearing that new helmet? No. Think, think Tom Brady's wearing that new helmet? No. I'm sure that they're able to kind of do what they want and get around it. So, you know, it's... It just I don't I don't like things that unnecessarily breed toxicity. Like if you want to bring him in your locker room, that's fine. He can stay out of mind because this is just nonsense right now.
You just had your left guard go down with a very serious MCL injury. He's going to be out for eight weeks. You have your offensive line's a mess in Oakland. There's so many different question marks there. You don't know if this team's actually going to be able to turn it around. You're fighting in practice. You're doing everything. I mean, and people are going to say it's not a big deal. I think it's stupid. And this guy loves um, this stuff. Too. It's just like it's just like, drama. It'll be something like else go, in a week. go away. I'm tired of this crap. Like just go. I got away. a name for you, Jimmy Butler. It's the same crap. <laughs> It's like you can't ever, you're, you're great at what you do, but you're only happy if you're miserable. Like, why? Well, I think with Antonio it's Brown, it's it's fair to wonder if the number of injuries to his brain have uh, caught up with him at some no, point. Can't dismiss that. Um, because he took a lot of them, including the one against Cincinnati, where you wonder. And I think it's worth bringing up when someone all of a sudden has... Uh, seemingly a different personality than they had earlier in their career. I guess my point is, I'm not saying the Vikings should trade for him this moment because that would be weird and they couldn't afford it and it makes no sense. But I'm just saying in almost all situations, I'm going to take a risk, even if it involves someone who's crazy, to try and improve the team as much as possible. If I if I can raise my actual Super Bowl odds with one player, by 5%, then that's a crazy amount that one player could raise them that's not a quarterback. And I think Antonio Brown is one of the five players who can actually do that in the entire NFL. And if he comes back and he plays for Oakland and he's great and they win a bunch of games, who will ever remember that we talked about his helmet? I think a lot of people will. And I think the Raiders, first and foremost, knew he would be a problem and knew he'd be a headache. I don't think that they expected it would happen like, I don't know, <laughs> right three away. weeks into yeah. training camp. But, yeah. but, but the problem is this. A guy like Gruden is convinced I can fix it. And I you can't. That's the problem in sports. How many executives or coaches have we seen in time who think, I can fix that guy? That's what coaches like, do, no, though. You, coaches think they fix things but, and they fix people. And they can fix schemes, but they can't fix people. There's some who really do think they can, and I don't know. I'm not sure yet if John Gruden falls under that category. Can we ever look, can we look at his track record and say he fixed that player? Absolutely. He made that no. player better. So I don't know. And he Maybe. was great at schemes. Yes, this is when, his biggest when you challenge. Were like Twelve. Yes, exactly. When he was at Tampa Bay, and like I mean, that's great and everything, but I don't know. I mean. This is such. I mean, it's Friday of all of all days too for this stuff to come out. I mean, it's early on, it's not the five p.m. news dump, but it's still a big, significant thing. If Hard Knocks is not good, I'm canceling HBO immediately. I can't wait because the first Wednesdays. one was awful. You didn't like the first one. No, it was. Boring. You didn't like. I'm not into dreams. I'm into bleeping nightmares. Uh, it was it was Gruden playing himself yes. in a sitcom. No, I want some real, real crap, well, we're and gonna, this could have it. it well, it's going to have the Aaron Donald Gabe Jackson fight. It's going to have the injury. It's going to have the where the hell is Antonio Brown? It's going to have all this stuff. I mean, this is this is Hollywood right here. I'm excited. I mean, but that's just the thing. I can't. We were talking about it with Myron. Like, I can't believe this is actually. I, I don't believe it. I think I'm living in the twilight <laughs> zone here because it's too fake. Like, how does this happen? Explain to me how this happens. Like you literally have a domino effect of calamity. It's Antonio like, Brown. I mean, that's part of the reason why. I mean, I get it. It's- I mean, he did say something to the effect of, "I don't really need to play football anymore." Uh, in an interview, remember, he was like, "I've got enough money that I don't need to do this, so I will just kind of do it on my own terms." But I don't know. It seems like this could be one of those things that we just laugh about ever having heard about and that eventually they just get it figured out with his helmet that maybe he can rework it to fit the specs that they're supposed to fit and it looks like a laughing stock but there are a lot of things that we just as people who are on social media like to escalate more and more and more because we think something 
And and then so we're like, oh, this confirms what I thought. So let me just ramp this up and, and more. Like we all think or we all thought. I've not been on this train, but that John Gruden like has no idea what he's doing. I think a lot of people think that. And so when they traded Khalil Mack, it was the biggest LOL, John Gruden, what a fool. Can you believe the Raiders are so stupid? It was a good move. Like they, they were not in a position to pay a defensive end $20 million at that time. And instead, they got first-round pick for it back. Khalil Mack signs this massive contract that eventually will be a problem with Chicago. So even though he's good, where they were in their trajectory was not the right time to sign him to that contract. That was That's the reality of the move. It doesn't really look that bad. And, and with something like this, there's a pretty good chance it ends up being one of those internet funnies of the day, but... They get it figured out, and Antonio he, Brown is fine. He will do something within the next month now. If this is done, that'll put us right back to square one. That's his problem. It's always something. It's Jimmy Butler. It was always something. Like, every time you think it's passed, okay, that's done. Antonio Brown is ecstatic when when he is miserable and everyone else around him is, too. That's the problem with guys like that. that sounds that's like narcissism. Problem. That's exactly what it is. Yikes. All right, let's take a break. Let's come back, and we will jump back into the players that we are looking for tonight. I've got a few more. I wasn't able to get to the one because we got onto the San Antonio Brown thing that is going to make you happy, Judd. Oh, so, that's right. Okay. So I'm going to – it'll be like a rocket booster into Mackie and Judd with Rami at four that you get to talk about this particular Love player. It. That is when we return here on Purple Daily. 344 here at Score North. Time for another Score North download. Vikings football is finally back tonight in just a couple hours now. And that also means Vikings Ventline is just that much closer as well. That's right. We're bringing Ventline into the preseason for the first time ever. Manny Hill and Judd Zalgad will be taking your calls tonight immediately after the Vikings Saints preseason game tonight. That'll be here on Score North. They'll be taking your calls immediately after that game tonight. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. All right, last segment for the day. In fact, the last time that we will talk Vikings football without a game in 2019 of some kind. Yes. Preseason action. Zulgad, Courtney Cronin here. If you missed any of the show, our hour debating whether um, the locker room should just adapt to Kirk Cousins' quirkiness, we'll call it. Uh, that's what we talked a lot about with uh, Myron Metcalf in the first hour. If you missed that, uh, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Type in Purple Daily, and it is yours. Also, really appreciate all the feedback from people on Alex Boone's appearance. Got a, a bunch of emails on that and tweets of people saying, oh, wow, Alex Boone can really talk himself some football. So hopefully we can uh, do that again with Alex Boone. And we got into 2016. It was a really fun conversation. Um, all right, so... Let me bring this up just to make you happy, Judd. Dan Bailey. Yeah. Your thoughts. <laughs> He's um, going to be kicking in a football game tonight, yep. and that is always tense when it is And the pressure's Vikings. on because his head coach is going to be watching intently from the sideline, expecting the worst. And we know what happened in week three of the preseason. Yeah, I'm very curious. I'm very excited. And also, the long snapping competition as well. Ongoing, right? Come on, Cronin. You're the big no, long I mean, snapping expert. Yeah, Analyze I it for actually, us. I, I, Give it. Yeah. Okay. It. Here I go. Um, so I was asked about this on two radio shows this morning, just like things to look for. And yes, they don't have a kicking competition right now. 
Did you really bring it up in radio yes. appearances? Yes, in New Orleans and oh in gosh, South I'm Dakota proud of you. Um, or North Dakota. So my thing You're, is, you, and I hear you are huge in both the Dakotas. Oh, love like them. you are embraced. Wait, you did two Dakotas? No, I did the North Dakota station, oh, okay. and I did um, New Orleans radio this morning. Oh, okay, Nolans. Anyways, um, last year it took till week three for Mike Zimmer to commit psychological warfare on his kicker. Uh-huh. If Dan Bailey misses a field goal tonight. I'm giving it four days, four days before we have a kicking competition. And here's the reason why. Um, A kicking competition here is not based on Dan Bailey. Like, let's be honest. When we were out there on Wednesday, he he went three of six. The three that he missed were not his fault. And then Bailey either gets banished or he goes on his own and it's one is the loneliest number. He's on like the rehab field kicking 40-yard field goals by himself. Um, if I'm him, I feel for Dan Bailey right now because I'd be frustrated because this situation, whether Mike, whether Mike Zimmer knows it's not Dan Bailey, believes it's not Dan Bailey, whatever it may be, it's all falling back on him because he's the one making the kick at the end of the day. The snap, the snapping situation's not, it's just so weird. Like, Austin Cutting has not been very good. I don't know why they spent a seventh round draft pick on this dude other than to, to push Kevin. You want to push a long snapper? Is that really like where we're going here? Because, because Rick. I just don't That's get it. Why they Football. Do that. It's it doesn't so make any weird. sense. It's stupid. It's so weird. It's a Rick thing. I know, but it doesn't make any sense. So you have a long snapping. It's screwing with your kicker. That's like the serious yeah. part of it. It's really messing him up. And Matt Weil, how he's still here and has a job, I have no clue. Because Marwan Malou's talking about, oh, sure. emergency situation, scenario, you know, situational football. There should never be situational football with the kicking unit. Are you kidding me? Like... <laughs> Why do you need, like, six holders? That's nonsense. The fact is, you're worried that Matt Wilde's going to do this in a game and screw it up. You're not worried about him not running on the field on fourth down or not knowing the down anymore. I think that's been drilled into his head enough. You're worried about the fact that the holding situation, there's bobbled holds, and, like, that affects the kicker. So I'm intently watching Dan Bailey in these games because if he misses a field goal tonight, if he misses multiple, if it takes till the second game, the pressure on that position, because we know just how... Crazy this whole thing has been in Minnesota and with Mike Zimmer and his kickers. Um, before camp's over, if this, if this gets any worse, we will have a kicking competition. It is really, wow. really something. That was that, a passion, too. I just like the whole battery. Up. The battery unit stresses me out when I'm watching this because it's a very easy thing. Like, if you think Kevin McDermott's a really good long snapper, and by all indications, he is. I mean,. I don't remember a screw up. I don't remember any bad thing that he did last year. I mean, there was there's some hold issues. There was Daniel Carlson just being a rookie and you know completely melting down in week two. I don't think anything was. I mean, guy lost his finger and went and kept snapping. Like, what more do you need? Like, I don't know why you bring him in to push him. That why are you trying to create competition in a unit that has been this this team's Achilles heel? Why? Don't get it. Um, Could you imagine if this is the downfall of the kicking situation, the fact that they decided for some ungodly reason to draft a long snapper in the seventh round, and the explanation was, well, we didn't think we were going to get him to sign here. And then they fought the Air Force to get him here. They literally fought the government. Just what a preposterous situation this is. This is. And now it's going to ruin Dan Bailey's confidence. But it's, you know, and we... we it's incredibly Viking. It's, it is. It's the Vikings. I mean, you've got to be kidding me, right? I, I worry about Bailey in these situations. I mean, he is he's a consummate pro. He has done really good work. And I think that the situation that's being laid forth right now is unfair to him because yet... I just so he's not at fault. 
But I don't, the bad practices, he's not at fault. He has not had a perfect practice yet. I will not completely absolve him of blame because I'm not standing behind him and I don't sure. have like the, the high angle film from every practice to watch it and break it down. Mm-hmm. But the ones that we do see when we can stand on the sideline and I'm clearly watching Matt Weil bobble a hold um, to try to get it up and, you know, Charlie, like Lucy and Charlie Brown it, like that's, you know, that's I, that's an issue. If I can see that the, the hold is bobbled and it's going and hitting the right upright, then there's an issue there. Sure. And I just don't understand like why this is, um, you know, it's not just, oh, I want to work on something situational football, blah, blah, blah. My head's going to explode if someone says that one more time. You're using different holders because you're worried about the one you have. Call a spade a spade. You're using two different long snappers because you just weren't sure what you had with Kevin McDermott. You want to push him. And the one that you got is just not ready for this yet. You didn't need to use a draft pick on him. Yeah, that's always true. I yeah, right? I'm done. I'm okay. done. It's preseason game one. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. what's going to happen before regular season <laughs> really game used four? a lot of gasoline on that back. fire right there. <laughs> want my helmet Probably back. worked up. Yes, Antonio Brown is the crazy one. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I'll just quietly say some other players, and we'll see what happens after that. You were expecting uh, Zolgad to get ramped up. I know, I really was. Just... I, I purposefully said Dan Bailey with hopes that Judd's face would explode. Well, I, I don't see get to write columns and write like with my name in Cronin. all caps. Cronin. Colon. <laughs> Make your damn kids. <laughs> Long snapper oh. situation a joke. <laughs> a jo- that would be a, a Zolgad thing. Okay, so um, I'm very interested in Afani Adenabo. <laughs> Me too. I don't know where I'm supposed to go with this. Defensive end depth, I, I'm, I'll am i jump right in here. I think that that's a huge thing that we're looking at because outside of you know, Stephen Weatherly, who do you really have there? And I think that Odenabo makes this roster. I mean, we've seen, you know, not just the third time's a charm thing, but we heard a lot of things in the offseason about him. He's taking some really good reps. He's looked okay in practice. Um, let's see him out there for a whole half tonight. More than that. Nothing, you're not. Done. Okay, not too worked up about a Fadi Adenabo. Just go go play. We're all good. Yeah. Uh, all right, so... Let's go back to the kicker. I'll tell you what. That was more fun. I am interested to see how much the quarterbacks play. It's not so much their performances necessarily, but just, is Jake Browning going to be in over Kyle Sloter? They were doing one drill the other day mm-hmm. where Jake Browning took like seven reps with the third team, and Sloter might have may have taken one or two. I feel yeah. like my guy's in trouble here. I think he is. I, I think if Sloter does not play really well, the Sloter era may come to an end here. Do you, are you saying you think he'll get cut before camp's over? No, they'll wait till the very last moment. It's just I mean, that, I don't think he's I don't think he's here regardless. I don't think he's even in contention for the backup role. Well, I give I give Sean Mannion the moment, 90% no. and Browning a 10% yeah. puncher's chance. At at this moment there is Really not much chance that he is the number two. But we've got four games to play. Can they get Browning through to the practice squad probably? I would think Without so. a problem, do you think? Yeah, I think oh, so. I think so. Because that's that's so so it goes it goes cousins, um, the backup, and then Browning practice squad, Sloter gone. That's what you're telling me. I think that's where we're at right now. If the preseason ended today, okay. let's put it that way, then they're keeping Sean Mannion number two. Mannion has not taken a third team rep. I can't remember no. any right. during training camp. He, he it's always been second. It's, it's always been second team. Yeah. He would have to play tremendously bad and Sloter would have to be really good. But that even happened last year and there was no question that Trevor Simeon was the number two. 
So I don't know if there's even a legitimate. Good, right? No, he was terrible in the preseason. In preseason he struggled, but way better in training camp, and that's the way it's been sure. for Sloter. The other day, they were in shells, so they don't even have their pads on. And Kyle Sloter throws a flat route over the guy's head by like ten feet, and that's kind of like okay, well, he still has a strong arm, but I don't think that he is a technically sound enough thrower of the football. Um, and if he plays against second teamers, it's going to really show up when he's playing against third and fourth teamers. Then he might be just good enough to be that kind of fringe guy. Man, but, has he fallen? But I think all of the uh, intrigue probably comes to an end this year, kind of the same way it did with Taylor Heineke, where it was like, "Well, we did a couple of things in a preseason, and then mm, okay, no, the more the more he was around, the less that that mattered." All right. What's happening on Mackie and Judd with Rami? Is it going to be some baseball talk? Baseball talk and Antonio Brown talk. Plenty of stuff. But yes, I'm sure we'll spend the first segment talking about the Twins and all those great starting pitching additions that they made, which have come through for them in recent days. I mean, (laughs) the two Braves games last night against Cleveland, a great Gibby start. You know what the Twins didn't need? They didn't need pitching help at all. I'm going to art class right now so I can paint another Raiders logo. I'll see you guys later. Uh, yeah, we tweeted that Oscar out. Oscar the Grouch in a garbage can. In, in his garbage can, it's absolutely perfect. It's tweeted out. I, I did that for Antonio Brown. Where's my cut of his $28 million? All right, we're going to have a uh, on the podcast feed a reaction to the game from with uh, Courtney and I tonight. And Ventline here on the station will be happening, so make sure you tune in right after the Vikings win or lose against New Orleans. We'll uh, catch you on Monday on Purple Daily. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.